what was happening 2,000 years ago or so on Christmas Eve. Can you imagine what was going through the minds of Mary and Joseph? What was about to happen? The excitement of heaven. Ready for this? The excitement of creation. Creation which groans for the maturing of the children of God was about ready to begin the redemptive work that was coming to it. It was about ready to rejoice itself. Humanity <laughs> was being redeemed. They didn't even realize it. God was loving greater than any kind of love that could be expressed. And the darling of heaven, the pride and joy of the kingdom was being birthed because he said yes to laying down his deity and taking on the mantle of humanity so the world might be redeemed. And it was all taking place right there underneath that star so many years ago. My heart is joyful, full of gratitude, just thinking about how God loved us so much that he gave Jesus. So much that he gave his one and only son. But here's the cool thing. Jesus was the firstborn among many. And because of what he did, here you are. Ready to celebrate the birthday of our King of Kings and Lord of Lords, Jesus. Are you ready for that, church? Why don't you stand to your feet, would you? Give Jesus a big clap hand. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, we thank you tonight, Lord. Two, one, two, three. Four.
Father, we are so grateful for tonight as we celebrate Jesus, as we celebrate a beautiful gift, Father, from heaven, the gift of love. Love, love. Father, we are so thankful. We pray in Jesus' name. You may be seated. Hallelujah.
Great job. Let's uh, turn the lights up, Greg, if we could. And uh, I want to ask, we had some representatives from the play that we're going to do something tonight. So if you guys, who's doing that? They want to come up. Hurry up. Come on. Time's a-wasting. If you've ever been in a uh, Chuck Seeley production, I want you to stand up. <laughs> All over the building. How about that? Amen. You can sit down. Thank you. Awesome. Who's talking? You're going to talk? Come here, Lily. Hello, hello, hello. There we go. Hold the mic up by your mouth. Thank you. The cast and parents and crew of this uh, um, On With The Show would like to thank you for all that you've done and all the hard work and stuff. So with this, um, here's a gift (laughs) 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 to thank you for all the hard work. We love you, Chuck. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, guys. Awesome. Excellent. That's right. Are you saying something too? Yes. What are you saying? <laughs> You're not reading your verse right now, right? No. Oh, okay. Go ahead. I wanted to say thank you, Chuck, for letting me be a part of the play and giving me confidence to do such a good part. Yeah. You're welcome. Yeah. Good. All right. Give Chuck a good hand. Amen. He's a blessing. Thanks, guys. Very good. Good job. Awesome. All right. Well, you guys all look great tonight. It's good to have you here, and we're seeing some friends we haven't seen in a while, and we're always glad for that, and family from out of town, and um, we're just uh, really thrilled uh, tonight to have you with us. We like to, on Christmas Eve, we like to receive uh, a love off- an offering. Um, typically, what we would do is, in this offering, is, is because it's so close to Sunday, we would say, look, if you're giving your tithe, which I have a tithe from someone in my pocket right here that's going to go in the basket, and it's marked for that. So if you're giving your tithes and offerings because you're not going to be with us Sunday, make sure that you earmark that. But what I would like to do tonight is one of the things we started last year, and typically we would do uh, this as a missions offering tonight, but one of the things I'd like to do tonight is um, we have really had on our heart in the last couple of years to help widows, people that that have lost a loved one and uh, you know and now are on a fixed income and just doing the best that they can and uh, you know I think during the holidays is a great time for us to think about folks that maybe just maybe it's not so great for them right now and they just need a little bit of help and uh, you know so this is an opportunity that we can do that so what I'd like to do is besides the whatever comes in and ties and offers just make sure that you mark that on your envelope or on your check, but anything extra that comes in or that you give tonight, I'd like to make sure it all went towards our widow's fund. We've used it this last year to help one of uh, help a widow that couldn't uh, get her fit vehicle fixed. We help her be able to get her brakes, put new brakes on her vehicle. Um, we've helped others through the ministry here and things that we've done. Um, and we just believe that the Bible teaches we should take care of widows, right? And, uh, and widowers, I guess I should say too because we've helped some widowers as well. But this is a great opportunity to do that. So, like I said, if you're giving your tithe and offering, just make sure you earmark that, but the rest of it will all go towards that. Does that sound good tonight? Amen. Praise the Lord. That'll be a great blessing to someone in this coming year as uh, we can do that. So if you need an offering envelope, they're in the back of your chairs. And uh, if you're making out checks, you can make them out to AGC. Uh, the, The envelopes are primarily for cash giving. And uh, so if you, uh, if you want to use one of those, you're welcome to. And uh, we're going to go ahead and prepare to receive that offering here in just a moment. Awesome. Everybody got their shopping done? You know, I went out today. Sharon and I, the last two days, we went out to buy eggnog. You can't find eggnog anyplace. Who's hoarding the eggnog here? Somebody's hoarding it, right? And so, eh. so we're going to make our own. That should be interesting. 
Where there's a will, there's a way. Amen. All right, the ushers are going to pass the baskets uh, here tonight. We've got a really great song to, that the guys are going to sing for us tonight. And uh, so I know you'll be blessed. Let's pray over this offering and we'll receive it. You need it? You need something? Okay. Father, thank you, Lord, that we can, that as we are blessed, we can be a blessing. Lord, uh, we recognize during the holidays with all the stuff going on in our lives that there are people, Lord, that are just struggling, Lord, especially those who, Lord, are on fixed incomes and they've lost a spouse. Some have lost them this last year, Lord God. Lord, we want to be a blessing. We want to be an encouragement. And Lord, we want to be there as Christians for them, to help them and to be a blessing to them. And so, Lord, I thank you as we receive the tithes and offerings tonight, as we receive this special offering within this offering, Father God, that it will just be a great encouragement as you lead us to help people uh, in the name of Jesus. And I thank you for it. And all God's people said, amen. amen. All right. We'll 
Excellent. So if you move that speaker over and center up, that would be great. Thank you. Great job on your song, guys. I didn't know you could sing that high. <laughs> awesome. Let me have uh, uh, Shayla, Mason, and Torrance come up. Just come on, all three of you. And uh, I've asked them to do a couple of, these are my grandchildren, uh, not all of them. I have seven and uh, eight, excuse me. And uh, so they're going to read tonight uh, from the scripture for us. And uh, each of them's got a passage they've been assigned. So there you go, buddy. You're up. That night, the shepherds were living out in the field near Bethlehem. They were keeping their sheep safe. Then an angel appeared, an angel of the Lord appeared to them. A bright light from God shone all around them. The frightened, that frightened them very much. The angel said to them, do not be afraid. Listen, I bring you good news. This news will make everyone very happy. Something happened today in the city of David. Someone special was born. He is the one who will save you. He is the Messiah. He is the Lord. I will tell you how you will know this baby. You will find him with clothes around him. He is lying in an animal's feeding box. Just then, many more angels appeared in a great crowd. They were praising God. They said, God is great. He lives in the highest place, and he will be good to the people on earth that make him happy. They will have peace in their minds. After that angel, after the angels went away and returned to heaven, then the shepherds said to each other, We should leave the sheep and go to Bethlehem immediately. The Lord God has sent his angels to tell us what has happened. We went to see the baby. We want to see the baby. So they went in a hurry to Bethlehem. When they got there, they found Mary and Joseph with the baby. The baby really was lying in a feeding box. After, the, after they had seen the baby, they told everybody about him. They told them what the angel had said to them, to, to them about him. Many people heard what the shepherds said. They were very surprised. Mary remembered everything that the, shepherd, the shepherds had said. She thought about it all for a long time. The shepherds then went back to their sheep. As they went, they praised God. How great you are, they said to him. How good you are. Everything that the angel told us was true. We have heard, the good, we have heard good news. We have seen very special things. Good job, Torrance. Here you go. You're good. Now the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. And her husband, Joseph, just being a just man and unwilling to put her into shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. But as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. When, Jesus, or when Joseph woke up from his sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took his wife, but knew her not until she had given birth to a son, and he called him Jesus. Good job. Thank you. You can take that down. Good job. Awesome, you guys. Thank you, Josue. Good job, buddy. God with us. You know, Christmas is such an amazing time for us because, one, I think that it causes us to reflect a lot, you know, to talk about past Christmases. 
Some of them were great, and some of them were not so great. Uh, I was thinking, I was telling my wife the story um, yesterday when we were talking about this, about the Christmas that uh, my mom and dad were divorced, and so we would either have Christmas Eve with dad and uh, Christmas Day with mom, or it was vice versa, and uh, this particular year we had Christmas Eve with mom, and she had worked until late and uh, had come home and uh, from, her, from the, where she had worked at. And my brothers got in a fight. They were just little guys, but got in a fight in the living room, knocked the Christmas tree over, busted the bulbs, busted all the bulbs, and uh, the lights went out, and it's laying there on the floor. My sister's crying. Mom is screaming at the top of her lungs and has a total fit. She just totally lost control and went to the top of the stairs and in her anger started throwing glasses down the stairs talking about how bad her children were. And uh, that really was a disaster of a Christmas. But I'm sure you have your own disasters that you could think of, things that have happened in your past. I've got great, you know, when I look back at those things, I don't feel the pain of what happened that night. I just remember it happened. And I don't, you know, all the good ones that have overwhelmed all of the difficult ones but you know as we as we talk about the Christmas the real Christmas story you know a lot of a lot of folks will say this are you going to read the Christmas story you know they asked Clark Griswold that in the Christmas vacation are you going to read the Christmas story well let me tell you the real Christmas story is not about Saint Nick coming down the chimney and delivering packages to everybody the real Christmas story is what these kids just read to us what they just what they just shared with us, that a virgin will be with a child and bear a son, and they'll call his name Emmanuel, which is translated, God is with us. Dietrich Bonhoeffer, who was a great theologian and writer, he was actually thrown into the Tegel prison uh, in Nazi Germany in 1943 because he stood up to Hitler. And Bonhoeffer, when he stood up, he actually... uh, Days before the war was over, they actually executed Bonhoeffer, and they found many of his, the things that he had written, he had hidden cans and buried in the ground that people knew about, and so his writings continued on. One of the things that he wrote about is a book that he did called God in the Manger, and this is what he said, life in a prison cell, of course that's where he's talking from, may well be compared to Advent, the, 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 the waiting upon the Lord's coming into this world. Life in a prison cell may well be compared to Advent. One waits, one hopes, and does this or that or the other, things that are really of no consequence. The door is shut to the prison, and it can only be opened from the outside. You know, such a powerful statement because that's what we understand in the real Christmas story, that we were locked up in prison to our sin. And we needed someone from the outside to come in and to open that door so that we could be free. It's interesting as we talk about the Christmas story, all that goes with it, how that it was Jesus being born in a manger, a feeding trough, as the kids read. That he was born in a stable and that he was born in Bethlehem. And Bethlehem was not a a really great city. It was, there were about 500 people at the time Jesus was born that would have called Bethlehem their home. Now, it's a lot bigger today, obviously. But Bethlehem was considered the least of all cities. In fact, it talks about that prophetically about Bethlehem, that God's child son would be born in Bethlehem, and it was the least of all cities. And that Christ, the Spirit of Christ, Jesus Christ, the eternal God, made a decision to come into this world and become human, a fle- to become flesh. Not become half God, not to become half man, but to be all God and to be all man. But to function in this world, he chose to come as, a ch- to come as man comes into this world, to be a man among us, to be an, a human among us. And so to do that, what he determined to do was he laid aside his, all his privileges. In fact, in Philippians 2.7, it says this, that he made himself of no reputation 
taking on the form of a bondservant and coming in the likeness of man. You know, when we look at that baby, we don't tend to, you know, in the manger we, or the, the nativity, we don't tend to think of that that baby, that's Jesus having laid aside all that he had, all the authority, laying it all aside to become a man. The word that's used for the word no reputation here is a Greek word, kenosis. And kenosis means that to be empty or to make empty. One commentary indicates that it means that Christ left his position, his rank, and his privilege. Why would he do such a thing, to leave all of that? Because of the great love that God has for mankind. Because we needed someone on the outside to unlock the door. Can you say amen? amen? The New Living Translation says it like this. He gave up his divine privileges and he took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being. The New Century Version says, but he gave up his place with God and made himself nothing. He was born to a man and became like a servant. Weymouth says he stripped himself of his glory and took on him the nature of a bondservant, becoming a man like other men. The message translation says he set aside the privileges of deity and he took on the status of a slave, becoming human. Amplified version says, but he stripped himself of all privileges and rightful dignity so as to assume the guise of a servant slave and that he became like men and was born a human being. The word kenosis does not mean he emptied himself of deity because he's still God. But what it does mean is that he emptied himself of the display of his deity for personal gain. That he laid all that aside because of the love that he has for mankind. Greek scholar, scholar Ralph Earle said this, the correct translation is this, he emptied himself. Of what? All orthodox theologians are agreed that it does not mean that he emptied himself of his divine nature. Rather, it was his heavenly glory, the glory which he said I had with the Father before the world was. And you know what's really awesome about this as we look at this in Philippians 2.5, which is right before this, he says that we are to have that same mind. Consider the example that Jesus, this is out of Philippians 2.5, the example that Jesus, the anointed one, has set before us and let his mindset become our motivation of life. So, listen, it's great to look in that manger and to see that baby laying there, but remember that he laid aside everything so that he could help people who couldn't help themselves. And you and I, that's the great way we show the love of God. It's not just about us helping ourselves. It's about us looking for people who can't help themselves and finding ways that we can help them. That's the great story that happens in the Christmas story is, is that it's not just done by one to many, but the many now find the one that they can help as well. Bonhoeffer went on to say this, only the humble believe him and rejoice that God is so free and so marvelous that he does wonders where people despair, that he takes what is little and lowly and he makes it marvelous, and that it is the wonder of all wonders that God loves the lowly. God is not ashamed of the lowliness of human beings. God marches right in. He chooses people as his instruments and performs his wonders where one would least expect them. God is near to lowliness. He loves the lost the neglected, the unseemly, the excluded, the weak, and the broken. Jesus was born in a stable, not in a palace. He was born in a town that wasn't popular. And you know, as you think about all of that, there's something that I think that we miss in that story of that he's born in a stable. That the shepherds, when they came to that stable, they were welcomed into that stable because... Jesus was in a position not of popularity or esteem, but he was in a place of lowliness that even the lowliest could get to him, that they could come to where he was. Could you imagine if the story had been different? Of course, we know the Father God had this already thought out. But what if the story had been different and there was room in the inn? Let me tell you, the shepherds would have never gotten to the inn. They would have never gotten to where Jesus was at. But because of what... Because of the plan that God had laid out to be in Bethlehem, to be, to be in a stable, 
to be born into a feeding trough, what it is is to say to all of mankind that all are welcome to Christ. All are welcome to, to come to him, to receive what he brings into this world. And he has lowered himself so that no matter where you are in life, look, he's lowered himself to the lowest of lows so that you and I can come to him. So that we can come and receive what he has done. What's so awesome about this to me is, is as you think about it, that even the lowly outcast shepherd who was not welcomed in the homes of people and the wealthiest kings of the East could come and find Christ. Could come and find Christ. Bonhoeffer went on to say, who among us will celebrate Christmas correctly? Whoever finally lays down all power, all honor, all reputation, all vanity, all arrogance, all individualism beside the manger, whoever remains lowly and lets God alone be high, whoever looks at the child in the manger and sees the glory of God precisely in all his lowliness. That's the power of the Christmas story, is, is that Christ, the kenosis, that he lowered himself so that everyone could come to him and receive what he, did, what he came for for them. God's great plan of redemption, someone said, can be described in 38 words. Words spoken, universe created, man fell, seed promised, covenant established, prophets foresaw, virgin conceived, baby born, angels sang, shepherds saw, kings knelt, word displayed, sin canceled, death defeated, Christ reigns, hope fulfilled, forgiveness extended, hearts new, eternity bright. That's the story of redemption, amen? Wow. You know, tonight you might feel you're unworthy of what Jesus did for you. Somebody may have invited you here tonight and uh, maybe you don't know Christ or you've known Christ and gotten away or you just feel you're not worthy to receive what Christ did. Let me tell you that you're the very reason he came. So that you could have new life. So that he could help you, not just leave you alone. That he could, in that lowest state, come and bring his life to you so that you could have eternal life and find new life in him. And I want to invite you tonight. Look, if your life is not right, we're going to pray a prayer all together. And I can't see everybody that's here tonight to know kind of what's going on. But, but I want you, to, if you've never prayed this prayer to say, Jesus, come into my life and be the Lord of my life to experience this plan of redemption. Let me tell you, I believe, I believe that there is new life for you tonight. You know, in our world today, people are fearful. People are fearful of what's going on. Every day we get reports and reports. People are fearful of that we could, get a, we could get a virus and die from it. They're fearful that, you know, things could go wrong, that you could get shot, that you could, the, all the chaos of our world. But see, the great good news of God, the great good news of God is, is what God says to us is that, look, this is only part of your not life, not all of your life. What you live here is just a very small portion of your eternity, the life that I have planned for you, the nature of the life that I have planned for you. And look, when the believer knows that when their life ends here, their life begins in the presence of the Father in heaven. That's what Jesus came and did. That's the great plan of redemption. And it's not, friend, how perfect you are or how good you are or how much money you can give or how many good deeds you can do, but it's all about what Jesus did for you so that you could have eternal life. And so I invite you tonight, look, if you've never prayed this prayer, never prayed it sincerely from your heart, you've, you've maybe prayed it before but gotten away from God, this is the night to return to the Lord. Would everybody bow their heads with me here? I'm going to ask our worship team if they would go ahead and come. Father, I pray tonight, Lord God, as we prepare to pray this prayer together, Lord, that your Holy Spirit would move through this building touching every life of every man and every woman. Lord, you know their individual stories. You know what they've been through, what the difficulties they face, Lord God. You know the, Lord God, you know where their heart is tonight with you. You know about the one, Lord God, that used to believe in you and has gotten away from you. 
Lord, you know about the one that was raised in church, that now church is just an option, not a part of their life anymore. Father, and you know about the person who's never heard the good news that's here tonight. So, Lord, by your Holy Spirit's power, I ask you to move through this building and touch every heart of every man, every woman, and every child as we pray this prayer together. And all of you pray this with me. Say this out loud. Lord Jesus, Jesus, I come to you tonight. I I make no excuses. I I need help. I I turn to you. You You came came to give new life. life. I want want to experience that new life. So I ask you, Lord Jesus, take over my life, forgive my sins, and give me the new life that you've planned for me. Thank you, Lord, for saving me here tonight. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Awesome. If I could have our ushers come forward. With all that you've heard here tonight as we sing Silent Night, I want you to keep in mind, go ahead guys, you can start lighting the candles. I want you to keep in mind the kenosis, the emptying of himself to become a baby in a stable, in a feeding trough, in Bethlehem, the least of all cities. Not popular, not where kings would go. Can you give her a light up here, please? Yep, thanks. Awesome. And I want you to keep that in mind. You can go ahead and stand up if you'd like to. We'll wait till the light gets shared through the whole building. If you guys want your kids up here with you, you can bring them up. Okay. Okay. But everybody look up here just one second while you're getting your candles lit. If you accepted Christ tonight, you weren't a, you know, this is new to you, you need to get in a great church, and this is a great one right here. And uh, we'll help you. We've got things that can help you. We'll help you in your walk with the Lord. And uh, no matter where you've come from or what you've been involved in, none of that matters to us. We'll help you. Amen? All right, Charlie.
Father, thank you for our time together here tonight. Lord, as we celebrate the kenosis, God became flesh to reach us, to help us. God, thank you for saving us and opening the door so that we could be free from the bondage of sin in this world. Lord, we thank you for your great plan of redemption. May we live it every day of our lives. May we find those, Lord, around us who are less fortunate and be a blessing to them as well. In Jesus' mighty name, and all those agreed said, Merry Christmas. Hey, let's do this together. You help me, Chuck, team. We wish you a Merry Christmas. Can you do it? Come on. Change gears. Send on a high note. Ready? We wish you a Merry Christmas. We wish you a Merry Christmas. We wish you a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. All right. God bless you. Good job. I know. I know. I know. You did good. I just like to keep the chat. Thank you.